this is the in focus podcast from the hindu welcome to the hindus in focus podcast i'm zubeda hamid your host for today There has been considerable debate over the trafficking in persons bill 2021 which is likely to be introduced in the ongoing monsoon session of the parliament. The objective of the bill is to prevent and counter trafficking in persons especially women and children to provide for care protection and rehabilitation to the victims while respecting their rights and creating a supportive legal economic and social environment for them according to the Union Ministry of Women and Child Development. The National Investigation Agency, a counter-terrorism agency, has been made the nodal investigative agency for trafficking crimes. The bill also states that the consent of the victim could be immaterial in some cases, leading to concerns that this would criminalize consensual adult sex work. Other concerns raised include draconian penal provisions including death for some offenses and a heavy-handed approach that does not adequately address the root cause of trafficking, poverty. To speak to us about the bill, we have with us today Kaushik Gupta, an advocate practicing in Kolkata who heads a team of lawyers from West Bengal and Maharashtra at the anti-trafficking collective Taftish. Good evening Mr. Kaushik Gupta and welcome to the Hindus in Focus podcast. Good evening. The Trafficking in Persons Prevention, Care and Rehabilitation Bill 2021 is scheduled to be taken up during the ongoing monsoon session of the parliament. This is the second iteration of the bill. The first was passed in the Lok Sabha in 2018 but was never introduced in the Rajya Sabha. Could you tell us what is new and different about the 2021 bill and how does the existing law on tra- trafficking work as of now? Uh you know the primary difference between the 2018 bill and the 2021 bill is that in the 2018 bill the investigating authority was a proposed establishment of a national anti trafficking bureau in the 2021 bill the national investigating agency has been given the job of uh, investigating the crime this is a major difference between the two bills to start with there are innumerable differences but this i would say is a major highlight of the uh, 2021 bill uh, about which there is a lot of uh, discussion going on etc etc also uh, there are certain definitions missing in the 2021 bill uh, in this uh, bill there are certain new definitions which has been uh, added so you spoke about the nia now being made the investigative agency there has been some controversy about this because the nia is primarily a counter terrorism agency could you explain to us why there is this opposition yeah uh, as a lawyer uh, i see this the problem here i see is that that nia as you very correctly said is an usually seen as an anti terrorist organization and they have their generally they have their hands full but if the uh, the the job of investigating the crime of human trafficking is given to the nia i am completely in doubt 
how far the agency will be giving its focus on this particular crime because nia its functioning is completely uh, restricted to the anti terrorist activities there might be a linkage between the anti terrorist activities and human trafficking but in majority of the cases that linkage is not there so i really doubt to what extent the nia would uh, uh, you know give importance to this crime further in the bill there is no mention of what is the budgetary allocation with regard to nia's this setting up of this special um, unit we have to remember that in the nia amendment act in 2019 in the schedule the offense of human trafficking was incorporated and thereafter this bill so we clearly see that the government is intending to use nia for investigating this offense but as a lawyer i am in doubt to what extent nia will be approachable by the survivors in the events the investigation is not properly done this is also mean that the state law enforcement machinery has been removed from the investigation process from the reading of the bill that is what appears because earlier in the earlier bill and in the earlier uh, notific government notifications there was the anti human trafficking unit or ahtu which was established in every state and in every district and they were the agency who were investigating crimes of human trafficking in this particular uh, bill there is almost no mention of anti human trafficking unit there is no budgetary allocation with regard to the anti human trafficking unit so it appears that the present government is trying to centralize the entire process of investigation of the crime i see there was one other clause of the bill that has come in for a lot of concern which says that the consent of the victim shall be irrelevant and immaterial this makes it seem as if the bill is treating human trafficking victims and persons in sex work who could be consenting adults in the same manner is this an area of concern and does it amount to criminalizing sex work you know the definition of victim is given in the bill as to be the same as in the code of criminal procedure so even in the provision particular provision that you are mentioning it says that the consent of the victim so in law it should be read as that it should be only applicable to a victim of human trafficking not to a voluntary sex worker however i must add that the investigating authority who has been given the power of rescuing is the sub inspector rank officer and the the power that has been given to him is that to the best of his belief he can enter a premise conduct a raid and rescue now here is the problem that the law might be misinterpreted by a sub inspector of police and voluntary sex workers might definitely be prejudiced by that action so what does it say specifically about rescue protocols and rehabilitation protocols in the bill are there any gaps in this particular area 
you know, with regard to the rescue protocol, there is nothing much which has been said in the bill. With regard to rehabilitation, the problem that we see is that the definition of rehabilitation itself is problematic because it says that the, you know, rehabilitation as per the definition is restoring the physical and psychological and social well-being of the victim. Restoring to what? Restoring to the condition where the person was before the trafficking. So that means that the person will be restored to their complete economic and social vulnerability, which led to the uh, trafficking in the first instance. So the definition of rehabilitation itself is problematic. Secondly, the entire bill focuses on institutional rehabilitation, does not talk anything about community-based rehabilitation. From our experience, we have seen that the survivors of trafficking, they say that at one point of time, they were confined in a brothel or in a brick plin in case of bonded labor, so on and so forth. And after rescue, they are incarcerated in a protection home. For them, both of them, both of these cases are violations of their fundamental right of freedom of movement, freedom of uh, uh, expression, etc., etc. The entire process of rehabilitation is very problematic because it does not talk about community-based rehabilitation. For a victim who stays in a rehabilitation home for a prolonged period of time, after going back to their community, how the community accepts that person, there is nothing with regard to that. And that is a major drawback of the bill. So the bill does not take into account the root cause that led to trafficking in the first place, the poverty. Exactly. So, you know, when we are, right. So when we are talking about prevention, the, you know, the bill says that this trafficking in persons, prevention, care and rehabilitation bill. There is no mention with regard to a proper procedure of preventing trafficking. So until and unless, like you said, that until and unless we address the root cause, that is poverty, we do not address the root cause of safe, lack of safe migration. How do we address the problem of trafficking? Could you give us a little bit of an overview of the extent of the problem of human trafficking in our country? You know, uh, in a yeah, in a in a in a uh, you know, one of the major thing that I must start by saying is that the human trafficking. And we uh, before I go into that, we must remember that till two thousand thirteen, we did not have a definition of trafficking. It's only in two thousand thirteen amendment, section three seventy was brought in in the Indian Penal Code. And we had a definition of trafficking. In the context of human trafficking, the only law prevailing is ITPA or Immoral Traffic Prevention Act. With regard to that, the major problem there was the very you know, title of the act, which says immoral trafficking. The question that crops up in our mind, is there any form of moral trafficking then? What does immoral trafficking mean? Now, we have to remember that this was an act in the 50s. 
there was an idea of morality attached to the um, act of sexual intercourse and this particular law was only with regard to commercial sexual exploitation of women and children however the bonded labor and other forms of trafficking let's say trafficking for organ harvesting trafficking for forced marriage so on and so forth were completely ignored the definition under section 370 of the indian penal code brings within its ambit the different forms of trafficking but till date we have seen that the way the trafficking happens is in a manner of an organized crime but the investigating agencies are not really organized and the crime of trafficking is mostly interstate or intercountry a person is trafficked from bangladesh or nepal and brought into india or a person is trafficked let's say from west bengal odisha and taken to uh, maharashtra delhi karnataka etc etc this traveling route is never linear a person is taken from west bengal to maharashtra from there to karnataka from there to kerala and from there to delhi the investigating agencies do not trace this entire route we have to remember that in law there are two kinds of cases one is a case where there is a eyewitness and there is another kind of case where it's a case of circumstantial evidence these are cases of circumstantial evidence and the law says that until and unless the entire chain of circumstance is complete a person cannot be convicted so you know the entire process of investigation till date has been extremely problematic therefore the percentage of conviction has been extremely low in cases of human trafficking so you told us that in the 2018 bill instead of the nia taking over there was the idea to set up a separate investigative agency just for trafficking crimes would that be a better idea you know see the problem here is that nia it is not clear whether nia will have a separate department dealing with the crime of human trafficking therefore what we have seen in earlier cases was that and and even in our daily uh, you know uh, interaction with the police uh, local police that the local police is not only investigating the crime but also in charge of law and order duty the moment the law and order duty comes into play the investigation of crime takes a back seat therefore if the national anti trafficking bureau was established who would have whose only job would have been to investigate the cases of human trafficking they would have been there would have been a better accountability there would have been a focus in investigating the crime and also it requires a lot of collaboration between state machineries right since you told us that the route takes place usually intercountry and interstate yeah anti human trafficking units which were established you know they were in a better position to do interstate communications or transnational communications our major concern is that if a separate department is not set up within the nia with exclusive mandate of investigating the crime of human trafficking 
the entire investigation will take a back seat so in our country is it primarily women and children who are the victims of human trafficking not at all not at all even boys and i when i say boys i do not mean only boys below the age of 18 but a boy who is 19 to 21 they are also trafficked in in you know for engagement in massage parlors for other illegal activities so it's not just about women and children also there are cases where transgender persons have been trafficked the new bill does expand the definition and include trans persons as well right it does but if you thoroughly look at the bill it talks about you know um, the uh, homes for women and children they when they talk about homes for transgender transgender is not one category transgender is an umbrella term under which there are vast vast categories there is no discussion with regard to that what does it say about compensation sir uh with regard to compensation there is a mention that compensation will be awarded and which would be uh, in addition to the uh, compensation which is in 357 a crpc but we are very skeptical about the how the compensation will be awarded who what will be the amount who how will it be assessed these are the things which is not clear in the bill so one of the things that has also uh, been raised as an issue of concern is including pornography under the definition of sexual exploitation what can you tell us about this uh you know the we already had laws let us say the information technology act which makes the browsing of pornography which relates to children an offense therefore it is nothing new that uh, the the pornography has been included here because in many cases the trafficking might also be for the purpose of uh, using a person for pornography so reporting of offenses has been made mandatory with penalties for non reporting uh has this in your experience worked for victims mandatory reporting you know in the other law where there is a provision for mandatory reporting is pocso protection of children from sexual offences act which itself is extremely problematic because let us say that a, a child faces a sexual uh, assault at home by the primary bread earner of the family the child goes to a counselor and or goes to a, a next door neighbor and discloses that if the person is forced to inform the police and the principal bread earner is taken into custody it would be a very traumatic situation for the family because the state does not say that from there on it will take responsibility of the entire family with regard to their fooding and lodging similarly here when we are talking about a mandatory reporting who is going to report if in many cases the family is so poor and the police local police authorities are so insensitive that even if they go to the police station the police do not lodge a complaint 
it is beyond my understanding how the person from the distant village will approach the nia to report it and are we saying that in the event the family fails to report it a prosecution will be launched against the family that's a completely uh, you know problematic situation there we have there are also concerns about the penal provisions of the bill some have called it draconian because it makes abetting a crime liable for the same punishment as the offense itself it has very stringent bail provisions and in some cases it has also removed the presumption of innocence could this lead to misuse not only i would not only say that it leads to misuse but the major problem here is that the law the principle of law says that the harsher the punishment the stricter the proof because of the harsh punishment the courts will ask for stricter proof before they will convict a person so you know that if I, even if i see the law from the perspective of the survivors the victims we see that this kind of punishment is majorly a problem with regard to abatement you know the as i understand from the reading of the act that it's trying to leave no stone unturned with regard to anyone involved in the crime however like i said that merely putting in certain extreme penal provisions without you know a uh, a proper procedure for rescue uh, defining a rescue protocol defining how the, uh, the, the process of uh, trial will go on etc etc uh, that these these would lead to a major problem and uh, not only misuse from the perspective of the accused but also the victim will suffer due to such uh, um, strict penal provisions i also see that in a particular section with regard to repeat offense death sentence has been given yes supreme court in two cases i can remember off hand has declared that mandatory death sentence is unconstitutional i do not know how the drafts drafts persons of this bill overlooked those two supreme court judgments and uh, brought in a mandatory death sentence what about the bail provisions right the bail provision also says that you know there would be no anticipatory bail in such cases similar to the ones in the scheduled caste scheduled tribe act here also the chance of misuse is abundant you know the provision of 498a in the indian penal code was brought in to protect the women from domestic violence but in recent times the supreme court has said that the way 498a has been misused we are diluting the provision of law and saying that the husbands and in-laws will not be arrested first a notice under 41a crpc have to be mandatorily given to them here also i fear that in the days to come if the provisions of this particular bill when it becomes an act is misused then again some constitutional court will dilute the provisions could you tell us a little bit about how uh what has happened during the covid-19 pandemic in terms of human trafficking in our country during the covid-19 pandemic the human the cases of human trafficking 
has increased many folds. Many of the families, uh, and you know, uh, they're not only because of the COVID situation, but also because of certain natu natural disasters, which has taken place in the state of West Bengal and in other places. Many people have lost their basic source of livelihood. And therefore, whenever someone is coming to them and saying that I'll give you a job, I'll give you a better life and come to, uh, and take them to uh, distant places, thereafter they cannot be ever heard of. This situation, this as, as we were discussing, until and unless we address the root cause of poverty, until and unless we address the issue of lack of education, lack of understanding, access to justice, it would be very difficult to prevent the crime of human trafficking. So during this COVID pandemic situation, the situation, the situation at the ground level has become worse. That's very difficult to combat now. Thank you so much for speaking to us, Mr. Gupta. Thank you for having me here. In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by The Hindu. We'll see you soon.